0: Have you heard of uh, post secret post secret is an ongoing project created by a guy named Frank Warren in which people mail their secrets anonymously on a homemade postcard to an address in Maryland. Uh, The secrets are then posted on the post secret website or published in one of the post secret books or displayed in museum exhibits. People decorate a postcard and express a secret that they have never previously revealed. There are no restrictions on the content of the secret, only that it be completely truthful and never confessed to anyone before. The posted secrets now number around a million different confessions. And some of the secrets are funny, like this one. Once I was asked by a doctor if I was hearing voices. The voice inside my head shouted, Tell him no! (laughs) Here's another one. Uh, I don't care about recycling, but I pretend I do. Now, some of the secrets are rather sad, like this one. I send myself flowers on Valentine's Day so people at work will think that I'm dating someone. And some of the secrets are... Heartbreaking. I tell people I'm an atheist, but really, I believe I'm going to hell. He's been in prison for two years because of what I did. Nine more to go. And then many of the secrets reveal dark feelings of condemnation. When I was three years old, my dad liked it when I brushed his thick red hair. One day, he asked me to brush his hair, but I said I didn't want to. That night, my dad died. I am 65, and somehow I still think it was my fault. And here's one more. I had an abortion. I can never forgive myself. The Post-Secret Project demonstrates the truth that we all have secrets. And many of us have secrets that fill us with regret and shame. The post-secret project reveals the depth of the guilt problem. We all struggle with guilt, and the Bible has something to say about that. So, please turn your Bible to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews is near the end of your Bible and is written by an unknown author to a known audience, as the name implies Hebrews uh, is written to an audience primarily made up of Hebrew Christ followers. And so even in the few verses that we study today, you will hear multiple references to Old Testament temple practices and other instructions God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most Holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Today, I want to address the guilt problem that touches every person on this planet and causes every person to struggle with a degree of insecurity. Guilt makes me insecure in my human relationships. It drains me of personal peace, but most of all, guilt robs me of Confidence in my relationship with God. Now, notice that the writer of Hebrews makes this connection between being confident and being cleansed from a guilty conscience. Verse 19 begins Since we have confidence, this is what we all want. We want the confidence in life that comes from confidence in a relationship. With God. And verse 22 explains where this confidence comes from. It's the result of having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I mentioned uh, that this Hebrew passage, Hebrews passage, is loaded with images from the Old Testament. In fact, this theme of living confidently by living guilt free takes us back to the very first pages of Genesis, which says that when God created Adam and Eve, God created them to function with complete confidence. Adam had complete confidence in his relationship with God, and therefore Adam was confident interpersonally. When God introduced Adam to Eve, Adam didn't say, well, what if she doesn't like me? What if I'm not her type? No, Adam and Eve were so completely confident interpersonally with each other that their relationship is summarized in those beautiful words. They were naked and they felt no shame. Well, if God created us to be confident, what happened? Genesis chapter 3 says that all our insecurities come from the entrance of guilt. When Adam and Eve decided to rebel against God, then came sin. With sin came guilt. With guilt came shame and every form of insecurity. And from Genesis chapter 3 on... The story of the Bible is about the guilt problem coming in three major chapters. Uh, The first chapter is the slavery of guilt. Uh, The second chapter is the false freedoms from guilt. And the final chapter is the true freedom from guilt. According to scripture, guilt is not just a problem in history. It is the most devastating issue facing humanity. So let's talk about these three chapters in the Bible story of the guilt problem, starting with the slavery of guilt. Everyone struggles with the chains of guilt at a very early age. Every human being becomes aware that he or she has a weight of invisible guilt. And this is not the product of social conditioning. Guilt is is a universal human experience. And one indication of the universality of guilt is that, is that because at the core of every world religion is a man-made attempt to deal with human guilt. Uh, the issue of human guilt is at the center of the Buddhist concept of karma, the Hindu concept of reincarnation, and the legalistic duty codes of Islam. Everyone everywhere struggles with slavery to guilt and scripture explains why the apostle Paul says that the reason we all struggle with guilt is because we're all guilty and deep down inside we know that we are guilty. Paul writes in Romans chapter 2, verse 14, when unbelievers who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they show that the requirements of God's law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. So Scripture says that the reason we feel guilty is because we are guilty. Guilty, and our inner conscience screams with this truth. The law that Paul refers to is God's standard of right and wrong revealed in the Old Testament. When I violate the law that God has written on my heart, the result is a guilty conscience and the insecurities of shame and fear and worry and anxiety and a sense of condemnation. This internal guilt brings destruction on every level in my life. It affects my relationships, my marriage, my parenting, my work, my mind. It even damages my body. The negative effects of guilt, you know, are scientifically measured every time a polygraph, a lie detector, is used. You know that a lie detector or polygraph does not detect lies. It detects the person's bodily reaction to guilt. It's a medical fact that guilt causes the human body to go into a mild state of shock. Uh, Certain muscle groups contract, eye movement increases, respiration, heart uh, perspiration uh, rates all multiply. And slavery to guilt brings destructive stress into every area of my life. And maybe you're here right now and you're living under that stress. Uh, The shame and disgrace of guilt pounds in you. Over things you did, things you didn't do, things you said or didn't say, the people you hurt, the deep regrets that you have. It all takes a devastating toll on your life. And the Bible teaches that your guilt problem is all connected to your relationship with God. In fact, properly understood, your guilty conscience is one of the top four proofs of the existence of God. Uh, Maybe you're a person who sometimes doubts the existence of God. Well, every time you feel a twinge of guilt, you need to understand that that's, that's a kind of proof of the existence of God. When people ask me, why do I believe in the existence of God? I usually refer to the four M's. Matter, meaning, mortality, and morality. Uh, matter, uh, the existence of matter points to the existence of God. The existence of physical creation and all its complexity demands an initiator. Meaning, uh, all human beings instinctively search for. Significance and meaning in life. And this points to the existence of a God who creates that expectation and need in our lives. Mortality. The existence of life itself points to a living creator. And the last of the four M's is morality. Which asks the question, uh, where do we get our universal understanding of right and wrong? And when we do wrong, why do we all instinctively feel guilty? A lie detector works on every human being in every culture on the planet over all time. Why do we all feel guilty when we lie? Why do we all feel guilt in the same way? Well, Paul answers these questions in Romans chapter 2. He tells us that our Creator has written His law on our hearts. And my guilty conscience is actually a kind of proof of the existence of God, the moral Creator. But not only does the presence of your guilt feelings prove the existence of God, Your guilt also proves that your relationship with God is broken due to your sin. And this is the biggest problem of guilt. The Bible says that my sin guilt breaks my relationship with God, just like it broke Adam's relationship with God. Scripture says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of my sin is death. Which is God saying that my sin guilt so separates me from him that I may be physically alive, but I am spiritually dead to God. And unless God forgives my guilt, I will be eternally dead and separated from God. There is no bigger problem than this problem. But God provides a solution, the solution to the guilt problem. But unfortunately, instead of applying God's solution, most people compound the problem by turning to the false freedoms from guilt. The second chapter in the story in the Bible, there are at least three false freedoms that we see in Adam's reaction uh, to his sin guilt before God. And we are still turning uh, to these same false freedoms. Uh, The first false freedom is hiding. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 says that when Adam sinned, he dove into the bushes to hide from God. And many of us do the same thing. We try to hide our guilt behind money and behind career advancement, behind religious activity. We stuff it down. But all this hiding didn't save uh, Adam and doesn't free Anyone else. The, the second false freedom is blaming. Uh, Genesis says that when Adam sinned, he tried to get free from his guilt by blaming Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent. But blaming didn't free Adam or Eve, and you will never find freedom. By trying to shift your guilt to your upbringing, or to your parents, or your culture, or uh, blaming your ex-spouse, or whoever has hurt you in the past. The third false freedom is covering. Adam found that a fig leaf cannot cover the shame of guilt. And I mentioned earlier that uh, one indication of the universality of human guilt is that uh, at the core of every world religion is an attempt to address human guilt. But these religions do not solve the guilt problem. All these religions do is teach their followers how to cover their guilt with rituals and legalistic duties and with more guilt. Uh, The world religions can only cover guilt because they have no solution to the sin that causes guilt. Only in Jesus is there a solution to the guilt problem. Only in Jesus does God conquer my guilt by conquering the root problem, my sin. This leads us to what the scripture says about the true freedom from guilt. The only true freedom from guilt is found through faith in Jesus Christ. As Paul says in Romans chapter six, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift Of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When I admit my guilt before God and stake my belief in Jesus, I receive the gift of God's forgiveness in this simple childlike act. Of personal faith and faith alone in the work of Jesus on the cross, Jesus resolves the separation between me and God. Because Jesus' death makes my sin go away, my guilt... Can also go away. Because God solves my sin problem, God solves the problem of my guilty conscience. And this is the all-important message of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed. With pure water. Now, that phrase, bodies washed with pure water, is not referring to a literal body wash, just like our hearts are not literally sprinkled. Both the sprinkling and the washing are metaphors referring to the fact that the follower of Jesus is completely set free from guilt in every way. But here's the sad reality there are believers. Listening to me right now, who have a restored relationship with God through faith in Jesus, but they are not living guilt free lives. There are Christ followers listening to me right now who struggle with shame before God every day. Maybe this is you. You feel guilty over things that you did before you came to Christ. You feel shame over the wrongs you commit since uh, coming to Christ. You feel condemned before God every day because you don't pray enough or read your Bible enough or love enough or share your faith enough. If this is you, I am here to tell you that God wants this shame barrier in your relationship with Him to end today, right now. God commands you to stop continuing a guilt problem that He has completely solved at the cost of Jesus' blood. You say, well, even though I'm God's child, you know, I I sin and I keep sinning, so, so shouldn't I feel guilty about that? And the answer is, no! Guilt is exactly what Jesus died to set you free from. As God says through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is, how much? No condemnation. None. Nada. Absolutely no condemnation. From God for those who are in Christ Jesus. God wants to save you from the confidence-killing failure cycle of guilt. You know, a while ago, I went through a period where I uh, felt guilty for not praying enough. The more I felt the shame the less I wanted to spend time with God in prayer. And about that time, I met someone who told me that he got up at 4 a.m. in the morning to pray. And that sounded very spiritual to me. So I decided that I needed to get up and pray at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I'm not a morning person, and so I was not sure how that would go. Well, I found out something very interesting. I found out that at 4 a.m. in the morning, I am even more grumpy and disoriented than I thought I would be. I found out that nobody wants to be around me at four in the morning. Not even Jesus wants to be around me at four in the morning. But I felt like I should keep going because getting up at four o'clock in the morning seemed so grim and so hard and so miserable I figured it must be God's will for my life, which you see the false thinking here. Well, it gets worse. Uh, I started 4 a.m. as a drill of guilt and I kept going out of guilt. But eventually I stopped and then I felt guilty for stopping. See, this is the failure guilt cycle that ends up pulling me away from the sweet relationship of unconditional love that God wants with me. And God wants with you. God doesn't want me praying or doing anything good out of guilt. God wants a relationship with me powered by my gratitude for His unfailing, unconditional love and forgiveness. He wants me motivated by His love, not Guilt or shame. So the best thing that ever happened to my prayer life was stopping the guilt game. The best thing is entering into what verse 22 calls drawing near to God in His total acceptance and love. If you're a believer, the best days of your relationship with God begin when you realize that your guilt problem is over. Over completely. Because God has completely cleansed you from guilt. Now you may be saying, you know, all right, uh, I'm a, you know, a Christ following person. When the Christ following person sins, doesn't God still want that person to feel guilty? The answer is no. God does not want his child feeling guilty. Now, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, when a child of God is living wrongly, God's Spirit brings on that person a conviction called godly sorrow, which leads to repentance and draws the person back to God. You see how there's a huge difference between godly sorrow and guilt? Godly sorrow uh, is God's Spirit calling me in repentance and results in drawing me back to God. Guilt is a voice of fear that shames me and results in making me want to run and hide and back away from God. So as I grow in Christ, it is so important... To learn to distinguish between the heavenly voice of godly sorrow and the hellish voices of guilt. And you say, well, how can I tell the difference? Well, you tell the difference by the result. When you hear the voice of godly sorrow drawing you back to God, you need to repent and run to God because that's the voice of God. But when you hear the voices of guilt and shame telling you that God's upset with you and you'd better avoid God until you get your act together and you back away from God. Well, you need to rebuke that voice as if it was Satan himself, keeping in mind that in both the Hebrew original language and the Greek original language of Scripture, the word Satan means accuser and the one who condemns if you are a believer guilt is satan's tool for separating you from god decide now that you're going to take that tool and you're going to crush it with the truth of god's word jesus wants you to fully end your relationship with guilt so that you can fully begin Your relationship with God. Jesus has completely solved your guilt problem. So in Him, you can live with complete confidence. Let's pray. God, thank you for leading us to this table that reminds us once again of your great work upon the cross. And it's only because of your work on the cross that we can have a guilt-free relationship with you. Would you lead us back to this relationship with full assurance of faith? As we draw near to you, Lord, would you speak to us in these moments?